sexual predators behind bars. Judge Janet has seen up close what crime can do to a community. And on the court, she'll work to protect public safety. That's why Judge Janet is backed by law enforcement across Wisconsin. She's running for Supreme Court because we need more common sense and less extremism on the bench. Judge Janet Protasewicz. She's the change Wisconsin needs. Paid for by Janet for Justice. Grab a seat and keep listening to 95.3 WBEV, powered by Daily Dodge, broadcasting from the Slumberland Furniture Studio. Check out the Pet of the Week, presented by Marsh View Veterinary Clinic at DailyDodge.com. It is 32 minutes after the 12 o'clock hour. Time for our community comment program. Our guest on today's show is the Sheriff of Dodge County, Dale Schmidt. Thank you very much for joining us today, sir. Good afternoon, sir. Happy to be here as always. And if uh, you've got a, a question or a comment for the Sheriff, feel free to give us a call here, 920-885-4446. 920-885-4446. If you listen to the meteorologists, uh Sounds like we might have a little bit of inclement weather coming in uh, tomorrow. Where does this weather system stack up in your scale of severity and preparedness? It's Wisconsin. Uh, We have weather here. Um, And uh, I would say that uh, we are always prepared for um, these weather situations. And sounds like... Uh, it's probably going to come in tomorrow morning, uh, right through the morning rush again as people are headed out to work or maybe school or maybe Mark DeStefano will make a call and there won't be. Who knows? Uh, um, we'll uh, we'll see. But uh, um, it's it's typically uh, um, something you know we're we're used to. We deal with winter weather in the in in Dodge County in Wisconsin. We deal with runoffs and we deal with things like like this type of thing regularly. Unfortunately, not as often this year. We haven't had as many big weather events, uh, which you know I'm okay with. Um, makes the roads a little bit safer for everybody and and a little bit less stressful. But uh, tomorrow, I think we're going to have a. We're going to have to deal with uh, with a little bit heavier snow than what we've seen throughout the the uh, the year. Um, anywhere from as little as an inch to two up to I heard Carl Carl Klopotic, Klopotic, sorry Carl um, said about six inches possible out of this one. So uh, it, it's definitely not the uh, snowfall of the century, but uh, certainly will be impact, impactful on travel, which we of course will. Um, Ask the public to slow down, drive safely, give those highway truck drivers uh, and those uh, city DPW drivers some time to do their job. Um, they, they do a, they do a lot of hard work. They put a lot of miles on um, out on, on our highways, trying to keep them safe, keep them clean. Um, in fact, our county administrators just put something out to us, letting us all know how many miles it was. And I don't have it in front of me, but um, something like a thousand road miles uh, of of, of uh, county highways uh, that that they covered in this last snowfall in a very short amount of time and um, they, they have a lot of hard work to do trying to keep our highways clean and, and uh, um, give them that space slow down stay out of those ditches um, give yourself space don't uh, creep up behind somebody too closely um, it, it's just it, it's it's one of those things we have to continue to remind people slow down because once you start hitting those brakes you're gonna slide and you're not gonna be able to control your vehicle and if you go in the ditch there's a high probability that you may end up with a citation out of it on top of your tow bill and any repair costs because you do have to maintain control of your vehicle at all times, um, and that includes in inclement weather. And if you lose control of your vehicle, um, it's what's called driving too fast for conditions, and we don't want you to do that. You can get a ticket for driving below the speed limit. You bet. 
If it's if the conditions warrant that you shouldn't be driving that speed and you can't control your vehicle, uh, driving too fast for conditions um, is uh, is a citation that we will be issuing, and and so we want you to slow down, drive safely, and be careful. Nine two zero eight eight five four 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 six. That phone number. If you've got a question or a comment for Dodge County Sheriff Dale Schmidt, we will go to the phones and say good afternoon. Welcome to Community Comment. Well, hello, Craig. Hello, Sheriff. How are you, sir? It's been a while. Long time no here. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, uh, it's just wintertime. I've been hibernating. I'm, I'm, so, I'm, uh, I'm sure my wife is excited for whatever you're going to throw at me here today and, and uh, whatever whatever elected office you're going to have me run for now. <laughs> well, now, now I want you to, uh, uh, I don't know, be in, in charge of, like, funds. Hey, I'll, I'll ask my, my three questions, and I'll, I'll hang up and listen. All right, I'll keep uh, notes. Okay, uh, Craig, you got your pen? Yeah, I got the... Already. All right. All right, Sheriff, uh, tonight the governor is going to give uh, his interpretation of what he would like for the budget. Um, one of the things I, I thought about is this huge uh, surplus, seven, right, right around $7 billion, give or take a little bit, with uh, 72 counties in Wisconsin. If he would just give 1% of that away to each sheriff department to invest, give, give each sheriff department a million dollars, and then you, you're not allowed to use it. You have to invest that, but you can use the interest. Every couple of years, you could buy a new squad car or different, different equipment you would need. Um, do you think there's going to be any money, uh, additional money, um, more than a one-time uh, expenditure in his um, his uh, uh, address tonight. That's question one. Question two: Big city crimes uh, seem to be kind of you know moving uh, into some of the outlying uh, counties. Um, I, I don't know uh, if you've seen an uptick in, in Dodge County, but one of the biggest problems with um, what I'll call Milwaukee style crime is. Failure to stop for law enforcement. Whoever, you know, and it seems like a lot of a lot of these uh, criminals are are uh, youth, you know, uh, under eighteen years old, and they have no desire or no willingness to stop for law enforcement. Are you seeing that? Are you preparing in any different ways to address that? Do you have any don't chase uh, rules that uh, you know that that your uh, department follows? And then the last thing, I don't know, it did probably more, more of a, rather than procedure, your own personal feelings, but yesterday after the Senate got briefed on those balloons uh, or whatever they were drifting over the United States the last couple of weeks that we've uh, shot down, um, they, they were interviewing a, a senator that I uh, actually like, uh, he's from down south, but uh uh, he said he was not able to speak on, you know, uh, anything really in the meeting. But as he was walking away, he said, make sure you lock your doors at night. I don't know if you have a uh, thought on that, but Sheriff, good to hear your voice again. Craig, yeah, you too. And <laughs> Thanks, uh, I'll hang up and listen. Craig from Horicon, everyone. The uh, other Craig, and, and and I got a I got a text message from my wife uh, uh, right away, um, <laughs> and and my wife Cassandra, uh, she doesn't like to be the sheriff's wife. She's Cassandra, uh-huh. um, and she said, "Well, he's calling you sheriff, so it's all good." Uh, meaning she's <laughs> he's not calling me senator or anything. So. Um, 
thank you for the input, and and uh, we do have one listener out there today, two if you count Craig. So yeah, that's true. That's good. Um, so the questions that you gave uh, the governor and the seven billion dollar surplus and his state of the state address and and all of that and giving one percent to law enforcement. Um, I'd love to tell you that I have a, a kind of an inkling of what's going to happen. And being the president of the Magistrate Sheriff's Association, you'd think I'd have some insight a little bit into what's going on here. All I know is what's out in the media. Um, there's conversation about uh, um, some of the sales tax perhaps being being uh, um, given back to some of the municipalities as, as uh, shared revenue. So there's that conversation. Uh, but I really don't know what's going on with the governor. And, and uh, last week, as a matter of fact, I reached out to the governor's office and I tried to, to have some communication with them to open up some lines of communication uh, because there has been none with any of the sheriffs around the state, uh, um, may, maybe one or two, but for, for the vast majority, there's been none from the governor. And so I reached out. I, I want to build a relationship, and that's what I expressed. I left a voicemail, and I think it was a front desk intern or somebody called me back and asked me for some information. Um, I gave it to him right away, said I'd really like to just form a relationship with somebody at the governor's office, and I've gotten absolutely nothing since. And um, it's been close to a week now, um, and I've, I get the governor's officers, offices busy. Um, but I am representing all 72 sheriffs, and I can't get a phone call um, from anybody, a, a staff member or anybody other than, hey, can I get an email address? And that was the extent of that that phone call. So I really don't know what to tell you, Craig, as far as as far as what's going to happen. I'm going to continue to try, um, and I will be calling back to try and open up those relationships and those lines of communications with the governor because uh, we're here for four years as sheriffs. He's there for four years as the governor. We need to work together. And, and we've been able to open up lines of communication with the attorney general's office, but for some reason we cannot get a response from the governor. Uh, but we will continue to try. So I can't answer your question there. Well, let me let me dig into, because that seemed like kind of a, a two-pronged question. One of the other questions in there was a hypothetical about being able to um, as a as a uh, a county department have a uh, have an endowment of sorts and and generate revenue off the interest. Is that something that's possible? I I don't I don't know that that would that would happen or if that would be feasible. That's a really good question for uh, maybe the county administrator or or the finance uh, department uh, director. But we don't have a finance director at the moment. We're still mm, looking for one. Right. Um, I don't know the answer to that. Um, when you bring in those kind of, if you were to have some kind of a a large uh, influx of cash like that, um, I don't know if that's something that they'd be interested in doing or not. Uh, um, and. Frankly, that's not my realm of expertise, and I don't want to speculate what the county may do. They make those decisions. I come every year with a proposed budget to the county administrator, um, and and uh, then it goes to the county board. They make the decision on what is allocated. I don't have any any real pull as far as uh, what happens to any dollars that would come from shared revenue. Um, it certainly wouldn't be a direct line from the governor's office for, from the state budget to the sheriff's budget. It would have to go through be funneled through the county. It might be and there might be earmarks that it has to be used for the sheriff, but um, I don't want to speculate on that because I, I just I'm not an expert in that area. Sure. Uh, the the next question was about uh, the uh, the term Milwaukee style crime uh, was used, yeah. uh, failure to stop for law enforcement, um, and what the 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 policy as it relates to police chases in your department, etc. And we've talked about that here before. Uh, um, 
We have seen an influx, uh, not so much this year. Fond du Lac still is. Fond du Lac County Sheriff Waldschmidt up there still struggles. Um, st- I think he was, last time I checked, was somewhere in the mid-30s as far as pursuits for the year. Um, and uh, at the end of the year, year last year, which is very high, um, and he sees a lot of them. We didn't have quite as many last year. I don't have the number in front of me. Uh, but we've seen an increase because of uh, what had been going on in Milwaukee and, and them not chasing people. Um, they would then come up here, and we do chase. Uh, we do pursue people and when it's safe to do so. We have policies in place to, that, that if it's not safe to do so, um, depending on time of day, who's up, out and about, the, the, the amount of traffic, weather conditions, our own capabilities. Those are all ca- factors that we take into consideration when we're deciding if we're we're going to continue a pursuit or not. Also, the severity of the crime or the offense that we're stopping somebody for also plays a role. Have we identified them? Do we have a license plate? Those are all things that factor into whether or not we're going to continue to pursue somebody or not. Um, and, but in Dodge County, we will pursue and we will hold those people accountable. And I think um, that all the police chiefs and I put out a release a couple of years ago making it very clear that we're going to hold people accountable. I was tired of getting there at the end of a pursuit and walking up and hearing um, see suspects saying, I ran because I didn't think you could chase us. They don't chase us in Milwaukee. Um, and so that has, has had impacts here. But I think we've been able to make a statement that, no, we are going to chase. We are going to take, hold you accountable. Um, and if you violate laws along the way of that pursuit, you're going to be held accountable for those as well. And uh, we will continue to do that. To, but being smart about it. We're not going to just uh, – we're not cowboys out there. That's not – the type of uh, image we're doing, it's its uh, well thought out, calculated, and supervised when these are going on. And if it's dangerous, um, if it's, and they're always dangerous, don't get me wrong, but if it's if it's uh, outside of, of what we believe is appropriate, we will call them off, but we will still do our best to take those people into custody. Why even continue a chase once you get the license plate number, assuming it's uh, not a stolen vehicle situation you're responding to? Well, that's part of the problem is you don't know. Is it a stolen vehicle? Um, And there again, it it depends on the circumstances of that incident. Um, Does that vehicle return to that that license plate, return to that plate or to that vehicle? what is the offense that, that we are chasing them for? Is it a is it a criminal offense that m- the public might be in harm's way down the road? Um, there, there are a lot of different factors in every p- different pursuit, and you can't have a bright line, we are not going to oh, chase once we have a license plate. Um, this individual might be armed and, and might be out there uh, potentially going to harm somebody else. Um, now, if we do have a license plate and, and there is no reason for us to continue that pursuit, we're going to weigh weigh that out and, and likely um, be a little bit closer to uh, to discontinuing. But you also have to remember, many of these pursuits, we don't have a license plate. These vehicles are traveling at very high rates of speed, especially out in the county, um, 80, 90, 100 miles an hour. We might not be able to get close enough to get a license plate. So those are all things that we have to weigh out. We don't always have the same set of circumstances in every pursuit. But what we do have is a supervisor who's monitoring and can make a good decision. Help me be a better criminal. I am. Uh, I'm from a, Illinois, so I don't true. know how I can make you much better. But go go, go ahead. Well, well, well said. Um, so I I'm running from police, and I managed to elude police. I'm in my own car. I uh, get away from you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, well, why shouldn't I just say, "Well, my car was stolen"? Uh, why? How is that not an ironclad excuse? Because 
we have ways of identifying if it was actually stolen or not. We might have you on camera somewhere that we could identify that, no, actually, you were driving that car when, when it was involved in the pursuit. Um, there are witnesses all over the place. Um, there are cameras all over the place. You go by cameras all the time. We might find a camera that you went by. Uh, we might be able to identify, nope, that's you, and that's the hat you were wearing. Um, be a bear's hat, probably. Probably, yeah. yes. Um, and... and uh, you know, so there are other ways for us to put the case together, and people do, do quite frequently claim that their vehicle was stolen afterwards, and, and then we have to go through that process of, of figuring that out. But the, the nice thing about Wisconsin law is even if we don't identify who the driver is, and this really impacts the owner, you are held responsible as the owner for not providing who the driver was. Oh, well, I mean, what if? but it would be stolen. You might not know who the driver was. That's your claim. That's your claim. But we have ways. We usually have some way of, of ferreting that out and figuring out, uh, were you driving or weren't you? Um, we, we have detectives. If we have to get involved, we certainly will do that. Um, and, and we usually have some way of figuring it out. Is it foolproof? Do we always catch everybody? No. Um, but um, we, we, uh, we put our due diligence into these types of incidents because it is a community safety risk. And if somebody gets away with it once, they're probably going to try it again. And so we want to make sure we hold them accountable for it. Question number the third was, I would say, uh, a doozy by all means of uh, Craig from Horicon, Craig from Hubbard's questions over the years. I, I believe we've tied the uh, the balloon situation that we've been seeing uh, over the past week or so into a senator saying, lock your doors at night. Well, uh, and, and interestingly enough, um, after I didn't receive any phone call back from the governor last week, I did reach out to Senator Fitzgerald. I'm sorry, Congressman Fitzgerald. Congressman Fitzgerald. And uh, um, I said, Congressman, what can you tell me about this? Because, again, because I'm not representing just Dodge County, I'm looking for information for all our sheriffs right now as the president. We had one uh, a, a unidentified flying object right over Door County, right over Sturgeon Bay, and nobody seems to know anything about it. And and uh, he at that point had not been briefed on anything regarding that one. Um, he had been briefed on something on the original balloon, uh, one that uh, um, carried across the United States, and and. Uh, um, he, he really couldn't – he was been briefed on it, but he didn't have a whole lot more to share outside of what's already in the media. Um, and I don't know if there is anything – I mean, Senator from down south, I can only imagine who that might be, uh, um, probably heard something in a briefing, but I don't know what that is because it's confidential. I haven't been made aware of anything else new. Uh, what I can tell you is I always tell you to lock your doors. Um, always lock your doors, whether that be your car doors your garage door, your house door, uh, because whether it's somebody from China who is who is uh, flying a balloon that might be a threat or somebody from right here in Beaver Dam who might be out trying to uh, rip you off and, and take your belongings uh, so they can go get a drug fix, um, those things happen. So always lock your doors, car doors, front doors, any doors you have. Keep them locked, especially when you're at home at night sleeping or when you're gone. Let's go back to that uh, that second question and uh, dive into that a little bit more about the uh, failure to stop for law enforcement, um, uh, police chase rules. Uh, and let's try to tie that into an incident from last night that was not an uh, incident that your department investigated. The Beaver Dam Police Department investigated a uh, uh, situation, a couple kids, uh, I believe, with some active warrants um, that were in a stolen vehicle that were involved in a police chase and a hit and run, and then they fled on foot. Last word, three of them were apprehended. They believe there's a fourth one. 
uh, that's still out there. Um, it, it, and you guys provided mutual assistance to the Beaver Dam Police Department. I don't want to ask you any questions that would be uh, questions intended for the agency that's in charge of this. But could you give us some insight maybe into what a law enforcement agency does when it uh, when you get the, a call for a similar situation, stolen vehicle, whatever that may be? How do you find out that, you know, what, what are some of the methods that you guys are able to maybe... Um, learn that a vehicle is is stolen. Is it all eyewitness um, accounts? Are there are there technological advancements? I know I've heard about a few over the years. The flock system, I, I want to say, comes to mind. Um, you know what is what is that process like in in terms of of identifying uh, these situations? Maybe we'll address that first, and we'll talk about stuff like infrared cameras and, and canines in a minute. But first. The, the this idea of being able to identify a stolen vehicle. There are a lot of different ways we can identify somebody's vehicle as being stolen. First and foremost, obviously, we take a report um, and we are looking for the vehicle. We know that it's stolen. Secondly, and most frequently, we identify vehicles being stolen through what's called the the uh, time system. It's our, our information system uh, that we use through uh, the through the FBI or through our, our state criminal justice information system. The time system gives us responses if the vehicle is stolen or not. When another agency enters a vehicle after receiving a report that that it is stolen, it goes into our criminal justice information system. Um, And nationwide, we can identify when we run a plate if that vehicle is stolen or not. Um, And uh, so we'll run it through our our mobile data computer in our our squad or dispatch. We'll we'll run it back in in their uh, um, dispatch center. And then we find out it's stolen and and, uh, we take actions at that point. But there's other ways that are coming out as well that are really, really being, that are are helpful in this manner. and that's something that Beaver Dam PD started uh, testing last year. Shortly after they tested it, I've I, I started working with this company as well to implement something countywide, um, and we call that our flock cameras. Um, and you may may have seen some of those cameras. There's one out by Walmart. Um, there's uh, um, there's one down in the south end of town and going out of town on W um, that that Beaver Dam has put out, and and there's some other ones. Um, and those cameras are license plate reader cameras. And uh, our license plate reader cameras in the city here, they also have them in Hartford, um, have aided us in a number of apprehensions. Um, this, the one last night was instigated because of, of one of those. Um, and it links to that, that system that we have and can tell us if there is a stolen vehicle or not. Um, they'll take pictures of the vehicle, t- pictures of the license plate. Um, also, these types of cameras aided us in the bank robbery um, that occurred um, over in the southeast corner of the state last year, um, or I'm sorry, the sta- southeast corner of, the, of the, the county last year and down in Jefferson County. Um, they aided us in locating the truck that was involved in that bank robbery. Um, and, and they're very, very uh, useful tools that, that, that uh, we have. It, it, it runs them against these wanted lists or hit lists, we'll call it, if there's a vehicle that is, we're looking for and we're getting related to any kind of a, uh, a criminal activity going on. We could have a crime spree and we've got a suspect vehicle and anytime that, one, that shows up on one of these cameras, it'll alert us. Um, so this flock system, um, I'm actually looking at implementing 21 cameras um, around Dodge County in the next month or two here. Um, and those cameras will do exactly what Beaver Dam is. It's the exact same camera um, so that we can capture these license plate, these stolen vehicles. Um, and th- these cameras are really all around the state um, and across the country. 
Um, I'm getting requests for other agencies around the county to allow access between agencies. Um, and these cameras are going to be very, very helpful in solving crime. Um, one of the biggest things, difficulties that we have in law enforcement is trying to be able to, to uh, develop leads following a criminal activity, um, whether it be um, a, a bank robbery or a, a burglary spree. Uh, and these will help us in developing suspects in those cases. It's not anything that's going to be uh, collected anywhere um, that that uh, will 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 really be able to uh, keep in a government database. The flock system keeps them, and we can search that, that what they have. Um, but it's going to really help us in in narrowing down our suspects and hopefully solve crime faster with less resources. Our staff will have. Um, our detectives will have more time to, to devote to other cases. Um, and so with these 21 cameras I plan to put up around Dodge County, um, have some of the funds available for next year, for the, for this year, for the first year. And, and we're going to do a trial period with these to see how they work, see if they're in the right spot, so on and so forth. It's taken a while to get DOT permits to get these put up. Uh, but they do cost about $2,500 a year to do these. And and I don't have the funds to be able to fund these every single year. Uh, in fact, I don't have the funds to fund the entire program for the first year. I'm only doing a 60-day trial to see what our best ones are. And if I don't have funds, then we're going to have to cut some of those. Um, so... Um, Shortly, once these cameras get put up, I'll be doing a press release on this a little bit more in detail. You're hearing it for, here first uh, on community comment. Um, individuals or businesses, banks, um, perhaps, that might be interested in assisting the sheriff's office in paying for our flock cameras around the county, which are going to do more than just help the sheriff's office. They will help Beaver Dam PD. They will help Horicon, Mayville, um, um, the rest of all the PDs in the county um, and outside the county. Um, if, if any interested parties would like to assist us in paying for these and providing a donation, one-time donation, uh, multiple-year donation, um, so many cameras, um, we would be happy to accept those donations at the sheriff's office. Um, those should just be – they can be dropped off or mailed to the sheriff's office, um, and we just need a note that they are going to be allocated for flock cameras flock like a flock of geese um, and and again they're about $2,500 per camera for us to do this um, I have a little bit of money budgeted for this um, and depending on how well they go I'm, I might be asking for additional budgeted funds in the future but we want to test them out first and and the more cameras I have out there the better responses we'll have so if there are any uh, executives out there or anybody that's willing to help out with this we, we really would appreciate it and like last night, we take individuals into custody who have violated the law, who have violated somebody's property. Um, unfortunately, it took a little bit longer than, than uh, what we had all hoped last night to get these people in custody, but they are in custody. Um, and my staff worked closely with Beaver Dam PD last night with our canine unit um, and, and uh, worked to get these people in custody. They, did a gr they, they all did a great job. It was a great team effort. Can, can you kind of maybe slowly walk us through step-by-step step how a, the flock system can help in a situation like what we saw last night. So, so when we have a situation like this, the car drives past the flock. Uh, the camera sees the license plate. It runs the license plate against our our wanted vehicles. Um, once that hit comes back, it provides an alert to individuals that might be on the list of, of, of people to be alerted. It also provides those alerts to dispatch. Dispatch then provides that information out to the squads in the area and says, hey, we just got an alert of a stolen vehicle. This is the plate. This is the vehicle we're looking for. And then our squads can converge on that area, try and locate that vehicle, and, and stop it and recover it. And uh, the um, 
Has there been, um, are there guidelines as it relates to privacy for for individuals? It does seem like there could be some, um, I, you know, I don't know what the term, illegal search and seizure type of... No, no there, there, there is no illegal search and seizure because you're out on a public yeah. highway with yeah. a license plate, um, which is registered to DOT. It's really no different than me driving down the highway and seeing your car, being able to identify the car, running the license plate. It's the exact same concept. It's just being done in automation mm-hmm. um, rather than uh, me seeing it and I could write down or I could take a picture with my camera if I wanted of the car out in the public. So really there is no privacy concerns. We're not gathering information on people. We are gathering DOT information and taking pictures of vehicle on a public highway. Yeah, And, and you could do that right now. If, I, if I'm not mistaken, what you can't do is have a, um, what would it be, like a... Um a che- like a drug checkpoint or a alcohol checkpoint Correct. and specifically try to find things See, that way. And, that, and the difference between that is you've got somebody freely passing through on the highways. Um, you think about Illinois, they do it all the time when they're collecting stuff on the on the tolls. They take pictures of vehicles and license plates, every single mm-hmm. one that goes through. Um, same type of thing. We're just running it through the system as they are. Um, with with a, a field sobriety checkpoint, you can't do that in Wisconsin. It's illegal. Um, in some states you can. There is no reason for us to stop that vehicle. Um, there has to be in Wisconsin a reasonable suspicion for a traffic violation to have occurred for us to stop that vehicle. And you simply can't do that with the laws that, the way they are in Wisconsin. Got a caller on the line, and we're going to get them in before we take the uh, the, the top of the hour break here. But uh, just to clarify real quick, $2,500 for the purchase of the, the camera, which we would own, are there... Uh, fees, user fees, or anything like that associated? With no, that. it's it's not own. You're, it's a it's an annual subscription for this oh, camera. Okay, so, so it's twenty five twenty five hundred per year for this camera. Okay. And, and the operation of the camera. You you wouldn't own the camera. Correct. Okay. So if there's a maintenance issue with the camera, they just bring another one in. Basically, yeah. There's okay. some there's some strings there, but yes, uh, absolutely. All right. Let's nine two zero eight eight five four 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 six. That phone number. Let's go to the phone. Say good afternoon. Welcome. Good to- afternoon. Um, I was just wondering to ask the sheriff. I heard on the our governor again, and his budget has one of his pet projects that he wants to push through. And I was wondering what the sheriff's opinion would be of giving all illegal immigrants uh, that have come across the border free uh, Wisconsin driver's license. Well, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think the legislature will move forward on that. Um, I'd have no issue with identification cards, but I don't think anybody should get it. Nobody gets a free driver's license. Residents don't get a free driver's license. You need to go through the course, and you need to be, be, and you need to pay for those. And so, anything given free, I don't think that's right. If if you give something free to somebody else and you don't give it to residents for free, wow. Um, but but in addition to that, um, they need to have proper documentation as well. And and there is a legal way to do that. My opinion has always been, regardless of how, how difficult it might be to do that there is a legal there is already a legal pathway for not only getting a license but for citizenship there are legal pathways already in place and if somebody anybody in any anywhere in the country wants to be a resident or a citizen of the United States of America they can do that as long as they go through that legal process well i'm just thinking because when the governor of california wanted to do it it came out the reason he wanted to do that is that way once you people got these driver's licenses they can vote. 
Yeah. And every, yeah. every time I've voted, they've asked me for a driver's license. That's because in Wisconsin it's mandatory for voter ID law. But I'm not going to get into the politics all, of all behind that. That's for the uh, the uh, politicians in Madison to deal with. Um, I, my, I am, I'm about upholding the law, and uh, there are legal ways to do things. And sometimes I, I, I don't understand why we try to find ways to go around the legal pathways that are already in existence. Okay. okay well, thank you very much. Thanks for the call. Sure. We do appreciate it. You know what? We're going to squeeze two calls in before the break. We'll All go right. to the other line and say good afternoon. Welcome to Community Comment. Hi. You're on the Hello? air. Yeah, you're on the air. I just got a quick question. Why do I see so many cars with no front license plate? I thought we needed two license plates on our cars because I got picked up a while back for having none on the front, and now I see all kinds of them like that. Yeah, well... I've been doing this for 22 years, and let me tell you that when you bring when it brings your when it comes to your attention, you see a lot more of them. Um, mm. They've they've been they've been out there as long as I've been a law enforcement officer, not having vehicle plates in the front. It is a legal reason for us to stop. We do stop people for that and have those conversations. Yeah, um, and no. people do need to have two license plate if two have been issued to them. Not every vehicle has two license plates. For example, a state-owned vehicle is only issued one license plate. They do not right. need one. A motorcycle, one plate. They do not need one in the front. Um, and, and, and I don't know how you do that. Uh, but uh, uh, the vast majority of vehicles out there, uh, passenger cars, pickup trucks, it is required that you have that. And and the excuse of, well, my dealer never gave me a, a, a bracket to put on the front when I bought the car. That's the way it came. That's not a valid excuse. You need to get one, and you are required to have it. It's on your registration. Um, when when you fill it out and and uh, uh, everybody needs to know they need to have it and we, we try to enforce it um, but there's a lot of them out there I, I understand that always has been that way I've been I've been looking at that since since day one since I first hit the beat in tw- in uh, September 20th of 2000 it's always been a problem okay I was just curious sure good appreciate question. the call thank you very much and you know what we're gonna go for the trifecta here three calls before we squeeze this break in good afternoon welcome to community comment. <laughs> Hey, how's it going? It's it's Sean, Dale. How are you? I'm doing good. When are we going to have that 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 uh, game in the back room? I think I just hung up on Sean. Oh, that's okay. It's just Sean. Sean, that was that was that was my that was my bad. Sean, Sean, call back in. We'll we'll take this break, and Sean, hopefully, we'll be back on the line when we uh, return. And, and we can talk about air hockey. With his, oh, you know what? Here he is. He knows I shut. I hung up on him right away. Let's get him back on here. I'm still here. But there I, you are. They were, yeah. Sorry about that. I just that. hear a, bu- a dial busy tone in my... Oh, there it goes. Okay. All right. You're good. All right. Uh, I, I touching on... Now he cut out. That no, was not me. That was totally him. That was us. Yes. That was not... You went through a tunnel or something, Sean. All right. We're, we're taking that break. We'll be back here in just a few <laughs> minutes on uh, Community Comment. Nights at 5 p.m. on 95.3 WBEV. Powered by Daily Dodge. Here's a look at your weatherology forecast. A winter storm watch begins at 3 a.m. early tomorrow morning and continues until midnight Friday morning. High of 43 this afternoon under overcast skies. West winds 15 to 20 miles per hour. Chance for snow showers tonight, 23 cloudy. 4 to 8 inches of snow tonight through tomorrow night. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on 95.3 WBEV. Powered by Daily Dodge. Currently, it's 35. From the Slumberland Furniture Studio, this is 95.3 WBEV Beaver Dam, a good Karma Brands radio station. 
Join Community Living Connections in Beaver Dam. Are you looking for a meaningful career where you can give back to your community as a strong influencer? Then Community Living Connections has a position for you. We're expanding our team and looking for a compassionate leader. Become a community support manager and earn $45,000 per year, plus excellent benefits for you and your family. Go online at clconnections.org to learn more. That's clconnections.org. Win $100 for a kid in your life. If you know an awesome kiddo, nominate them to be Kid of the Month. Each Kid of the Month will receive $100 in cash from WDS Construction plus gift certificates from the Heffron Family Fund. To nominate a kid you know, submit a brief essay about them to bdtoyman at gmail.com. That's b-d-t-o-y-m-a-n at gmail.com. The Kid of the Month, recognizing great kids in our community. Did you know that Masterforce has thousands of tools at Menards? Any tool you want, we have. There are hammers, drills, pliers, levels, wrenches, grinders, sanders, air compressors, nailers, workbenches, mowers, blowers, chainsaws, floor jacks, knee pads, work lights, fans. And that's just a taste. Want power, performance, durability? Come check out the wide range of products from Masterforce, exclusively at Menards. They say life is sweet, but you can help make it sweeter for people in our community by attending the Sweet Thanks event, April 21st at 5.30 p.m. at Chapel of the Archangels. Sweet Thanks is a fundraising event to support PAVE, Dodge County's only domestic violence emergency shelter and multi-service provider. Funds raised will be used for programming, staffing, and other operational expenses. That's April 21st at 5.30 p.m. at Chapel of the Archangels. Helping others never tasted so good. Bingo is back at Leaders Pub and Grub, Sunday, February 19th. Doors open at 11. Bingo starts at 1 with designer purses and name brand power tools. Hi, it's Sue, owner of Leaders Pub and Grub. Our bingo tickets go fast as seating is limited and the prizes are great. Tickets are 25 bucks. You got to get them in advance and you got to have one to get through the doors. Eight rounds of bingo fun for purses, power tools, and door prizes. Sunday, February 19th, starting at 1. Follow Leaders on Facebook and stop in and see us Wednesday through Saturday at Leaders Pub and Grub. Back here on Community Comment? Not quite yet. Winter in Wisconsin. That delightful time of year when the chill in the air sticks around and not feeling your toes is as routine as your social media posts that say, hashtag winter stinks. But how often do you think ahead about the furnace that heats your home? Imagine it's five below zero and your furnace decides to take a permanent vacation. Doesn't the thought send shivers down your spine? Don't wait until that happens. Visit Chad and his team at AirCare in Beaver Dam. Ask them about the advanced modulating furnace from Carrier. This Carrier furnace efficiently sips gas only as needed at any outdoor temperature, saving you money by using less gas. Who wouldn't love having the peace of mind, comfort, and savings of a modulating furnace from Carrier? Be sure to turn to the experts, AirCare and Carrier. Check them out at aircareinc.com and like them on Facebook or give them a call at 920-356-8860. And now we are back here on Community Comment. The phone number, if you've got a question or a comment, is 920-885-4446. Seem to have a little bit of trouble connecting with our last caller. Let's see if Sean is on line one. Good afternoon. Welcome to Community Comment. All right. Maybe Sean's on line two. Try this again. Good afternoon. Welcome to Community Comment. I'm online too. You are online too. There you are, Sean. 
Uh, I was I was wondering about the license plate thing. I heard there when there's paint peeling off. Can I just you know repaint it myself? On, on the license plate, as professional yeah. of a pro, uh, uh, as professional as some <laughs> painters are out there, Sean. <laughs> um, actually, there is a reflective covering that also needs to be over the top of it. If you are able to adequately paint it and put the re- reflective covering over the top of it, um, as 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 good as they do at the Wapan Correctional Institute when they produce <laughs> those license plates. Um, I, I I think you might be okay, but uh, it has to meet the DOT specifications. Okay, so that's a hard no. No, I could probably do it, but the average person probably could Correct. not. Yes, you do high-quality work. You can get pulled over for not having the paint on your license plate, correct? That, that is correct. Once it starts peeling off, um, it, when it's not visible, it's no longer good any longer, and you got to get a new one. So um, I've been trying to work with the legislature to get some new license plates issued, um, and I know they're working on it. I'm not sure if it's finalized yet or not. but Yeah, um, I I tried to do it online one night, and it was—it's really hard to do. So, right, you can't just go to the DMV because your license plate number is for your vehicle that you have, or whatever, unless you want to pay other fees, I suppose. But uh, yeah, you can go to the DMV, and they will give you one. Um, oh, really? They, they will do that. There's uh, no if, charge with that. They'll charge you for it. Oh, oh okay. yeah, absolutely. It's a governmental oh. agency, so they'll charge you for it. But uh, okay. um, you can get them at the DMV. If they don't but, have any, they might have to send out for it and have it mailed to you. There'll be a different number, right? Yes, it will or be a different, a different number. whatever it is number yeah, letter. Not, you're not going to get the same license plate unless it's a personalized okay. one. Sure. Okay. Great questions there, Sean. Good to know. Thank you. Have we a great day. Appreciate the call in. So the um, and the the phone lines are now open. I think we had both of them clogged up there for a second. Nine two zero eight eight five forty four forty six. So the. Um, the license plates are actually made at Wapine Correctional. I don't think I knew that. Yes, they are. They. Uh, um, they've been making plates there for a long time. Uh, um, they their their metal shop actually goes through and does all of that. And and yeah, they've uh, I, I believe they're still they're still making them. They were last time I was in there uh, um, a few couple of years ago since I've been in that part of the prison. But uh, but yeah, they make them right there in Wapan. Nine two zero eight eight five forty four forty six. That phone number. We'll go to the phones and say good afternoon. Welcome to community comment. Hello. Hi, you're on the air. I'm just wondering if anyone from Dodge County represented at the funeral for that officer in Milwaukee. Yes, yes. We had two of our Honor Guard members go down to that funeral uh, and uh, represented and and, uh, um, very... Very uh, um, sad, sad time for the Milwaukee Police Department and all law enforcement. Uh, as is, uh, we always try to send somebody, especially to those in Wisconsin when they occur. Um, I've been to several of those funerals myself, and they, they are some of the most heart wrenching uh, funerals. I thought, I thought for sure, you know, someone would be there, but yep. I just wanted to ask. Yep, absolutely. There, thank you. You're thank welcome. you so much for that call, uh, and uh, and we do appreciate that nine two zero eight eight five. Forty-four, forty-six. Uh, but those were two from the Dodge County Sheriff's Office. Yes. Do we know if there was any of the other agencies uh, in the Dodge County area that might have had a representation? I am not familiar with uh, uh, if any of the others did go down. Um, but uh, like I said, we always send our honor guard when possible, and others, if they're interested, certainly are encouraged to go as well. Nine two zero eight eight five forty four forty six. That phone number. Back to the phone, saying good afternoon. Welcome to community comment. Hi, Craig. Hi, Officer Smith. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. I got a question for you. Um, with, when you guys go off patrolling, do you go to like the cities that are in like multiple counties, like example, Wapad, Columbus, and Watertown? Because I sometimes see 
Jefferson County Sheriff's in Watertown once in a while. Mm-hmm. I was just wondering if Dodge County comes here once in a while. You bet. We sure do. The northern third of Watertown, is, it falls within Dodge County. And, and so we do certainly go to Watertown and patrol in, in Watertown. Uh, Watertown PD typically has primary jurisdiction down there, but we will certainly go down and, and assist or take action if necessary as well. And you do in Columbus and Wapan too, right? In Columbus, uh, there's the only part of the city of Columbus that falls in Dodge County is their wastewater treatment plant on River Road. Everything else in Columbus is entirely in Columbia County. <laughs> I never knew that. Yeah. Well, thank you. Sure, appreciate that. And you know, to follow up on that question, uh, the the city of Wapan, what with the the prisons that are located there, does that uh, result in a little bit extra uh, patrol needs in in a community like that? Not patrol, but uh, it uh, does require that I have a full time de- dedicated detective to handle all crimes that occur within the prisons in Dodge County. All four of them. I have one prison, we're, one detective. We were just talking about that this morning. Uh, there's there's about two to three hundred cases a year that I have a detective assigned to deal with crimes that occur within the four prisons within Dodge County. Um, so we don't do additional patrol, um, but we do the investigations within those prisons. So uh, the Dodge County area is kind of one of the few, and I mean, there's other prisons in the state, but, you know, to have four of them here... Yep. Are, uh, is there some type of uh, state shared revenue to pay for the position in the Dodge County Sheriff's Office, or does that uh, fall on local taxpayers? No, they, they pay for that position. They pay for all of the wages and, and uh, time that, that for that position to do that investigation here in Dodge County. All right. Uh, I think we got another caller hanging on. We'll go to the phone say good afternoon. Welcome to Community Comment. Yeah, I'm sorry about calling back, guys, but <laughs> Jeff, I, I have one question. Um and uh, our uh, Dodge County District Attorney, did Evers pick someone? Yes. Yes. And are you satisfied with that selection? <laughs> well, well and, and let me be very clear that uh, somebody was going to have to be appointed to that position by Governor Evers. Um, and and uh, her name is Andrea Will. She is a Assistant District Attorney uh, from the Waukesha uh, um, district attorney's office and okay. Andrea and I have been in communication quite a bit and uh, she is very law enforcement friendly she has been uh, so far fantastic to work with um, and and keep in mind that just because somebody appoints somebody to a position does not mean that they share political ideations um, and I can tell you that um, that 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 from what I've learned so far um, that is not the case there is there are not similar ideations there between the governor and our new district attorney um, she is very pro law enforcement uh, um, she is she's been very supportive of us she's answered the questions that I've needed um, and and uh, nothing but positive to say about our new DA she actually uh, takes office uh, uh, as of the uh, as of Monday the 20th uh, next week um, and uh, she is hoping to bring a couple other prosecutors with her um, in the next month or two here to help to help out. Um, and things in the DA's office are running just fine. I mean, it's 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 a bit of a struggle for them because they've got some temporary ones in there. Um, but as far as Andrea goes, I like her. Uh, Brad Schimmel, former attorney general, um, ha- had called me a couple times. And actually, I was with uh, attorney, Sh- uh, attorney General, now Judge uh, Brad Schimmel and Andrea on Saturday. Um, and Brad couldn't say enough positive things about her. Terrific. Great news. All right. Thank you. We do appreciate that uh, phone call. And with that, the phone lines are officially open here at 920-885-4446. Um, you know, for those not um, not completely up on the processes behind the scenes, 
just quickly, if you could, just kind of generally describe the relationship between a, uh, a law enforcement agency, a sheriff's department, and the uh, district attorney's office. We have to have a good, positive working relationship together. Obviously, they have to prosecute crimes um, that occur within the county. They have to make good judicial, judicious, not judicial, judicious decisions as far as when they're going to prosecute. Uh, um, and and uh, having a good partnership from the get-go of a case um, is very important, whether it's drafting warrants or it's working together on, on various uh, uh, legal processes of of uh, how a case moves forward. They have to very, have a very close relationship with our detective division. Um, and in the past they have, and, and uh, based on everything that I've learned about uh, Andrea Will, uh, she is going to uh, do the exact same thing. Um, and and uh, so we need to work through every criminal case with our DA's office because if we don't have the information they need to prosecute, they're not going to prosecute. Um, if there are legal hurdles, we need to find ways that we can uh, overcome those hurdles. Uh, um, by finding additional evidence um, or or uh, um, doing additional work into a case to make sure um, that we can prove a case beyond a reasonable doubt. And, and so there has to be a very close working relationship with their staff. But just her and I need to be very close and working together because uh, issues come up and we need to discuss those uh, policies and how we're going to move forward with cases. Decisions I make obviously impact her office. Decisions she makes obviously impact my office. Um, and so we need to have good open communication and and so far, it's been absolutely fantastic. 920-885-4446 is the uh, phone number. Uh, busy day here on Community Comment with the callers. We love hearing from you. And we got another caller hanging on the line. We'll say good afternoon. Welcome to Community Comment. Hi, you're on the air if you're there. May have lost you there somewhere in the transfer. Feel free to give us a call back. 920-885-4446. And good afternoon. Welcome to Community Comment. Yes, I got an interesting question. Okay. Um, I'm I'm an ex-con, and uh, did my time. And back in the early '80s. Now, um, my question is: with the way crime is nowadays, is there anything that I can do to protect myself? Because I know I can't own, carry, or possess a firearm. Sure, there are other there are other means of protecting yourself uh, other than a firearm. Um, you obviously have to be careful because of the restrictions that you have, but certainly taking um, precautions such as uh, when you're at home, obviously hardening hardening the target is always is always one method when you're at home. Obviously, home security methods. Uh, um, you but you don't have any restrictions uh, as far as uh, other items that you could potentially use if somebody were to come to your home um, and, and try to do something. So um, it's just that you can't use a firearm. That's that's bottom line where it falls. And But but everybody also, I mean, you can go on YouTube and, and uh, be creative real quick or Google and find something real quick on other ways, means which you can protect yourself. Uh, what about uh, carrying a knife on me in person or a pepper spray or anything like that? Um, is a knife as long as uh, as long as you are legally allowed to carry. You don't have any conditions of parole or anything like that. Then anybody can carry a knife. Uh, there are no restrictions on knives. Um, pepper spray. Uh, uh, you, you, the only thing you got to be careful with is the concealed carry law, concealed concealed weapons law. Um, and and uh, a pocket knife isn't going to be an issue. Um, you know, but but if you're 
con- somehow concealing a, a deadly weapon of some sort. Um, there's that carry concealed weapon law that's still out there. Um, that's the only thing you really need to be care- be worried about. Uh, but typically, if you're carrying a pocket knife or, or something like that, even a switchblade, they've been legalized here in Wisconsin. Uh, you, you just okay. have to know what your laws are. Okay. Um, I've, I've been off parole for a number of years okay. that I can't even remember. Um, so can I go and get a concealed carry for a like long blade or something like that? That's something that uh, you should go to the Department of Justice website and, and take a look at their requirements and restrictions there. Okay, and I can use like pepper spray if I or is that illegal to carry? I believe pepper spray is okay. Um, tasers are restricted, but I believe pepper spray you're okay with. But there again, you have to have, if you're ever going to use it, you'd have to make sure that uh, uh, you had the legal means and justification for doing so. Okay. Yeah, because like I say, this, this world is getting crazier, and I'm yeah. getting older, and I'm getting concerned about myself and stuff, sure. you know? Sure. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Really do appreciate that call. Um, you know, sometimes people uh, think a call might be... Uh, uh, might be really out there or something like that, but there could be other people listening that could benefit from something uh, uh, just like that. 920-885-4446 is, uh, is that phone number. So I can't carry a taser, but I could if I had a concealed carry permit for a taser? I'd have to do some more research on that one. It's it, eh, There's been some changes in, in laws, and I'm not 100% positive on that one. But I do know that there have been some restrictions on tasers and, and some things with the con- carry concealed law. Um, I'd have to take a look at that a little bit deeper. Got to take a break. We'll be back here in just a few minutes with Dodge County Sheriff Dale Schmidt. The phone number, if you want to chime in, 920-885-4446. Back in a few minutes. Hey, Badger fans, it's Matt's Matt for Brewpub, a lot of pizza. Basketball season is here, and there's nothing that beats sitting and listening to a Badger game while enjoying a delicious Brewpub pizza. Every game-winning shot and every sweet alley-oop deserves a pizza that's just as amazing, and you'll find that in a Brewpub, lots of pizza. Loaded with high-quality meat and veggie toppings, then bombarded with over half a pound of award-winning Wisconsin mozzarella cheese, Brewpub pizzas are a swish of delish. Snag one today from your local grocery store or during home games in the concession stand at the Kohl Center. The Prairie Ridge Health Team is growing and so are your options. They now have nine primary care providers across three clinics in Beaver Dam, Columbus, and Marshall. When you step into Prairie Ridge Health, you are treated with kindness, respect, and compassion. Their staff takes the time to listen to your concerns and work towards your goals. Meet the team at prairieridge.health or call 920-623-1200 to set up an appointment. Prairie Ridge Health accepts over 70 major insurances, including Dean. Prairie Ridge Health, inspired by you. Join the higher insurance team for Senior Solutions every Friday at 1110 here on 95.3 WBEV, powered by Daily Dodge. Higher insurance will help you plan for today and tomorrow. Answer your questions about health and life insurance, income and legacy planning, Medicare, Social Security maximization, and so much more. Together, you'll meet your short and long-term needs. Senior Solutions with higher insurance every Friday at 1110 here on 95.3 WBEV, powered by Daily Dodge. Broadcasting from the 95.3 WBEV studios, furnished by Slumberland Furniture and powered by Daily Dodge. In New York, the man responsible for targeting and killing 10 black people and injuring others last May in a Buffalo supermarket was sentenced to life in prison without parole. Erie County Judge Susan Egan addressed Peyton Gendron directly before she announced the sentence, saying there would be no mercy or second chances for his hate crime and ignorant and evil ideologies. You will never see the light of day 
as a free man ever again. Gendron pleaded guilty to multiple counts of murder and a charge of domestic terrorism, which carried a mandatory life sentence. Russian attacks ramping up again in Ukraine with fierce battles underway in the east. NATO allies in second round of talks today discussing ways to boost Ukraine's defense weapons and readiness as the war nears the one-year mark later this month. In Kansas City, the Chiefs are on parade this hour. Fans lining the route and celebrating the second Super Bowl win for the Chiefs in four years. They beat the Philadelphia Eagles last Sunday. Michelle Franz and AB. Here's a look at your weatherology forecast. A winter storm watch begins at 3 a.m. early tomorrow morning and continues until midnight Friday morning. High of 43 this afternoon under overcast skies. West winds 15 to 20 miles per hour. Chance for snow showers tonight, 23 cloudy. 4 to 8 inches of snow tonight through tomorrow night. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on 95.3 WBEV, powered by Daily Dodge. Currently, it's 35. 95.3 FM, WBEV FM. Hey, we're back here on Community Comment. 920-885-4446 is that uh, phone number if you've got a, a question or a comment for Dodge County Sheriff Dale Schmidt. want to thank everybody who's chimed in so far. That's led to some fascinating uh areas of discussion, including one uh, that we, we entered into right before the break, talking about the uh, the legality of, uh, of tasers, which I think tasers isn't technically the right term because that might, that's like Coke, that's like calling cola Coca-Cola. I think that's a brand name, if I'm not mistaken. It, it is. And, and we generically call them all tasers. It's actually a, an electric weapon right. um, was how it's defined in state statute. And and uh, I told him I, I would have to do some research. So I did. Um, research. <laughs> uh, I researched state statute 941-295, possession of an electric weapon. And in that statute, you are prohibited from carrying one unless... You are a licensee or an out-of-state licensee, which means if you have a carry concealed weapon uh, license, you can carry a taser. Um, An individual who goes armed with an electric weapon in his own home or place of business or on land that he or she owns is okay. Um, So on your property, your business, you can carry a taser. Or if you're basically a private investigator, um, those are the three ways in which you can carry a an electric weapon or taser within the state of Wisconsin. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm, I'm sorry. Did you say so? You if you're you if you're a private investigator, you don't need a license to carry a. You, you do not need one. If if you have a license as a private detective or investigator or security personnel, if you have ah. that license, then you are okay. So you still have a license, but um, so those are the the three options. Or there's actually another one. If you're a law enforcement officer, okay. I guess I I guess I didn't realize that uh, that private investigators were were licensed. I just figured I could say, "Well, I'm a private investigator." No, no. Even though you've been uh, investigating things for years <laughs> in the newsroom, that does not make you a private investigator. Doesn't work. You're huh? more of a public investigator, I guess. <laughs> hey, all right. Maybe go. I'll put there that on go. my card. I like there that. 920-885-44. Forty-six. How are the uh, the private investigators or the uh, the detectives over in the Dodge County Sheriff's Department doing? I understand you've had some promotions recently. We have, and it's not only just in the investigations area. Um, I have a list of promotions here that I would like to give a little bit of credit to uh, for these individuals. I'm very proud of the work that these individuals have done um, and uh, the the leadership that they will bring. Uh, Chief Deputy Middlestat just recently retired in January after a long career, started in the Sheboygan Police Department, finished out his career here in Dodge County with us. We're blessed to have him, um, and uh, he he is enjoying retirement 
retirement, but uh, he continues to uh, just about weekly, maybe a little more than weekly. He and he and I and the uh, new chief deputy still go out to lunch because we <laughs> we enjoy our lunches and we enjoy his presence. So, uh, but our new chief deputy um, Chad Enright, um, he was our operations captain. He is now our new chief deputy, um, Chad Enright, being the husband of our clerk of courts, Kelly Enright, um, and uh, so so he is doing phenomenal work. Just so proud of him uh, in in how quickly he has caught on to the new tasks he's been, he's been assigned. Um, just just a phenomenal, very detail-oriented individual, um, and, and I'm very, very proud of his work. Um, I feel like I've watched him like just grow up through the ranks, right. uh, as it were. Yeah. I, the first time I think I met him was uh, as a canine officer yes. that may have been filling in for a, a sheriff who was unable to make it to the celebrity cream puff eating contest, and while... He clearly did not want to do it. Boy, he I mean, he certainly went at it with all his gusto and, and you you couldn't tell that he was Right. You know, yeah, like most yeah. people, like, I don't want to eat this I, stupid cream puff. I bet <laughs> if you would have brought his partner up on stage that, that that she probably would have done a fantastic job with that cream puff. I contest. feel you know what? Actually Paige. I believe Paige is it possible Paige was sworn in on the stage of Radio Park before the celebrity cream puff eating I think, contest? I think that did happen. I think that's how yeah. that that unfolded. Yeah. Yeah. How is Paige doing? Paige uh, um, ended up uh, uh, going o- going along with. Uh, we we did a transfer when he was promoted to lieutenant. After a while, we transferred him to to Sergeant Nicholas, um, and I'm not sure how she's doing. She she would have been pretty old by now, and mm. and uh, um, so she might be in doggy heaven by now. But I'm not sure 100 percent what what happened with Paige. How's the rest of your canine unit doing? You're doing real good. Doing real good. We should talk about the canines in a little bit after we get through these other promotions. Oh, you've got more promotions. Oh, we got a ton of promotions oh, wow. to okay. talk about. Yeah. Um, so after Jay, after uh, Chad Enright got promoted, we had a vacancy in captain. So we promoted our lieutenant of detectives, Jason Bake, to operations captain, um, and and he's doing a phenomenal job there. He's been preparing for this, and he's just a natural fit for that position. Very excited for him. I have more. Um, as a result of his vacancy, we needed to promote somebody. We also had another lieutenant who left. Lieutenant Joe Nicholas is now our second shift patrol lieutenant. Uh, lieutenant Taylor Nails is now our lieutenant of detectives um, and uh, uh, doing a phenomenal work in that. Um, we had another promotion under Detective Bureau uh, because we had a new position created in that of a sergeant. Vicki Brueger, um, the 2022 Law Enforcement Officer of the Year, uh, Vicki Brueger, has been promoted as of January 1st to Sergeant and Detectives, doing a phenomenal job. And ju- she's creating some new policies and procedures and, and, and making standardizing things and just a phenomenal person. Very happy about her. I have more. Was Vicki the one that broke the baby Teresa she case? She was. Okay. Absolutely. Excellent work. Absolutely. Excellent work. Then we have three other sergeants that were just promoted. Um, Sergeant Brad Conkle where you may have heard his name as a former Beaver Dam police officer and, yeah. and former lieutenant in uh, Columbus. Um, he is now a sergeant for, for the sheriff's office. Uh, sergeant Derek Tritt, um, he comes to us from AMRO a number of years ago already. He's been doing phenomenal work on second shift, and, and he will be a, a new patrol sergeant. And then Sergeant Don Kennard. Don Kennard's done phenomenal work with with uh, the Fatal Vision program, among another um, a slew of other things. He was a detective for a little while um, and uh, investigates a lot of our economic support crimes in, in Dodge County. He has been promoted to sergeant. He is actually going to be leading up our our uh, substation up in Lamira when we start our Lamira contract contract 
um, in just 13 days um, up there. So very excited for all of those individuals. If you see them, you know them, congratulate them. Uh, very proud of all of their work, and they deserve it. And, and uh, I look forward to seeing the progress that they make in the, their new positions um, and, and the progress for our agency. Um, a very, very exciting time for all of them. What is the Fatal Vision program? Fatal Vision, that's a great question, Craig. It's, it's a program that we educate youth on what happens when they get behind the wheel of a vehicle. Um, and, and we don't put them behind the wheel of a car, uh, but we have a golf cart, um, which we use, and we put some cones out, and we have some Fatal Vision goggles um, and uh, um, that we, we have them wear, and they might drive the, the golf cart and hit some cones. We actually have them do field sobriety tests with these goggles on and see how difficult it is for them to actually see um, what they're doing is they're walking uh, walking on a straight line like they would in a field sobriety test. So it's a great program, educational program, um, especially for those individuals that are just getting their driver's license, just trying to one more time stress how important it is to not get behind the wheel of a vehicle while impaired. Some uh, some good things to keep it. So that's just the, the woo, they, they make you oh, yeah. crazy. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, they're not fun to wear um, no. and definitely not fun to move around in, So, uh, but uh, they get the point across. Uh, the uh, the canine wing of the Dodge County Sheriff's Department. What's going on? So we have a couple. We have two canines right now, and they're getting up there in age. Believe it or not, it does, just seems like yesterday I swore them in, um, and it was about seven eight years ago that I eight years ago that I swore these two these two canines in. They're getting to the end of their career. Um, canine Tech um, has had some uh, medical difficulties through the years, um, and uh, we we've we've provided uh, th- through donations received to the canine uh, unit. Um, Tech has had to have surgery. Had a phenomenal career, been a fantastic uh, a dog. Um, we've we, he's won awards for being first. Um, in in the uh, class, uh, first place uh, actually in a, in a group of individuals that come back and certify every year, um, and he is tech, tech is retiring here um, in March, and uh, 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 Lieutenant Nails will take um, Tech home, and and we're still working out all of those details, um, but uh, he will retire uh, on on the Nails farm or homestead, and and uh, but the issue that we have there is Tech has been on medication for quite some time, and and we've had donations, canine donations, um, that help keep our program rolling, that have paid for that, um, and uh, the the vet has been kind enough to help us out with some of those costs. But once that retirement happens, it's difficult for the county to continue to pay for those medications into the future. But that doesn't mean we want to send them off on their way and say, sorry, we're not going to help you out. This is a plea for the community, especially those dog lovers out there. We are going to be looking for individuals that might want to help out uh, with paying for some of Tech's uh, um uh, uh, medications as we move forward. Um, it's several hundred dollars uh, uh, for those medications, and and uh, we don't want to just send the dog on its way with with uh, Taylor and and say hey we don't want to help out um, we're hoping just like the rest of the program somebody in the community might be able to help out uh, with some of that um, and we're working on a way a method for us to go about collecting those funds to, to pay for that because it, it can't run through the sheriff's office but if anybody's interested in helping out with that uh, please get a hold of me at the sheriff's office and I'd be happy to chat with anybody about it uh, on what we can do to make those uh, those costs uh, uh, or help out with those costs for for lieutenant nails and and tech as as he goes off into retirement um tech not lieutenant nails um our other canine unit kid um lieutenant uh nicholas who is also just promoted um 
Kid is also retiring at the end of his certification period here at the end of June. Kid is a little bit older than Tech is um, and really, really doing well, but uh, starting to slow down. Um, jumping in and out of a squad every day is, isn't uh, easy on, on canine knees, and and uh, um, we want to make sure that he remains healthy. And, and uh, so we are going to retire Kid come June, um, and then uh, hopefully find another handler that we can that we can uh, have a, another canine here. Um, we already have one selected to replace Tech, um, and uh, we're not going to announce that quite yet because we're making sure we get through all the training and everything before we make the announcement uh, publicly. Uh, but we anticipate that in March we will have another canine up and running, ready to go, um, with another handler, and uh, very excited about that. Um, and we want to continue that canine program well into the future. And, and uh, um, so we're, we're, we do plan to have at least two canines, uh, new two new canines here uh, within the next six months. Has, uh, has two been kind of the, uh, uh, the steady number? Have you gotten up to three? Had you had one? We did have three at one point. That got to, that got to be a lot. Uh, and once we had a lot a, a lot of retirements and things like that, um, going back to three was a bit of a struggle. Not saying we can't do that again, um, and not saying we won't do that again. Uh, but it, it we, we two was a good number for us for a while, um, and and uh, we're always reevaluating that program. And and you never know what we might announce next. Are there are there statistics to go along with uh, with the canine lifetime statistics or anything like that? You know, I don't have all those statistics, but both Lieutenant Nails and Nicholas keep very strict uh, uh, statistics on it. Of course, you can always go on our, our annual report on the DodgeCountySheriff.com website, um, and on the annual report, it, it does talk about those canine uh, arrests and, and indications uh, through each and every year. And the role of a uh, a canine handler, the officer. Um, that is assigned w- uh, to the uh, the canine. It's not as easy as just saying, "Well, he was the canine officer, so we'll just get him a new dog." Right, is it? right. It's it's a s- extensive training for every canine um, by itself, and then there's training for for a th- that time between. Um, you know, once that canine is trained, you have to train the the handler, and they need to mesh well and get along well. Um, so, and then there's training that continues through their entire career. Sixteen hours of training every month for every canine um, a, a unit. So it's it's a lot of training that that happens, and um, they they do a lot of different things. Not only sniffing for drugs, um, such as last night, where they were out there searching for individuals. They they are trained to search. Um, they can do article search. They can search for people. Um, they're also handler protection. So there's a lot of different things that they have to constantly be ready to go on. Um, and uh, these dogs have been two phenomenal dogs. We get our dogs over at Josephine Kennels over in Iron Ridge. Um, and uh, Jesse and Tiffany have done a fantastic job of, of really growing ca- the canine program throughout the entire state of Wisconsin. And, and we're very fortunate to have them here in Wisconsin, in, in Dodge County with us. How many, uh, how many uh, canine dogs are there in the Dodge County area? And, and what is the, the relationship with, between law enforcement agencies as it relates to employing the dogs? Well, we have. I want to say the dogs. I think maybe the more more appropriate term. I, I want to say we have about eight or nine dogs, and we have case law um, that only gives a certain amount of time on certain incidents to deploy a canine, and, and so sometimes it has to be relatively quickly. Um, if there's a canine working and somebody requests one from another agency, there's generally a, a no second guessing. It's okay. Let's get them out there and, and get that get that. Uh, process rolling and, and it's a very collaborative effort and and uh, I, I know we've got uh, two here in Beaver Dam we have two uh, Lamira has one for another 13 days here and, and then we'll see what happens there we've got uh, uh, one up in Wapan I believe and and uh, um, 
so various various canines. I believe there's about nine of them around the county, and and uh, they all work very well together, and they train together as well. So as you had uh, indicated earlier, on uh, in 13 days, uh, you'll be taking over the, is it the administrative um, no, governance? Nope. I've been the administrative, uh, uh, basically the acting chief in Lemire since September. Um, in 13 days, the Lemire Police Department will be disbanded, and the sheriff's office will then take over law enforcement services in, in, its, in its entirety. And, and Sergeant Kennard will, will be one of the individuals assigned up there, and we're still working to identify the other individuals to work up there. Uh, but we will be managing law enforcement services in Lemire, and I think it's going to be a really good thing, not only fiscally, um, less expensive for the, the residents up there, but operationally, there's a lot of uh, things that, because we're a larger agency, they get uh, just as a result of that. They only have body cams up there right now. Every squad up there starting March 1st is going to have a squad cam and a body cam, just just to, as an example. A lot of efficiencies that are going to go on, um, and, and the communication is going to be way better with one agency doing it rather than two agencies. It's just going to be, I think it's going to be a real positive. Um, and as as an example, I, I, some of the community uh, relations stuff, uh, people always say, well, if, you know, it's it's not our PD now. Well, our three deputies are going to be the PD in the Myra. Um, and you're going to have more, but you're going to see those same faces up there all the time. Um, one initiative that, that uh, came to me here recently, which uh, we're taking on, is drive your tractor to school day. Um, and so we're working with the school up there so that the students that want to drive their tractor to school that day will be able to do that. But I said, before we do that, let's do some education. Let's do some tractor safety education. Uh, so Lieutenant, Lieutenant Nicholas is going to go up there and do that. Um, and uh, we're going to have some fun with it. And uh, drive, drive your tractor to school day, I think, will be a success. And um, great to recognize the uh, agriculture community that's out there. Are, are there Lemire police officers on the beat right now? And, yes. and what is the future for uh, for those positions? Well, those two officers that are there now will be there till the end of the month. Um, and then they have the op- had the opportunity to apply for the sheriff's office. And uh, um, their 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 uh, employment as a Lamira uh, village employee will end at the end of the month, um, and uh, for now I'm just going to leave it there because I'm not going to talk about any uh, pending or, or or possibilities here as we move forward right now. Let, let me just though ask one one more follow up sure. question, and that is it is it relates to the dog. Mm-hmm. Well, what uh, what are the possibilities there? Is that is is could. Does the dog stay with the um, uh, the officer in a, in a case like that? And if that officer were to be uh, brought on to another agency, does the dog and the officer just go all together? What what does that look like? I think that's something we might be able to talk a little bit more about next month. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. I Fair think enough. for now, I think we'll just leave it where it's at. Uh, great question, uh, but uh, I can't jump to any conclusions, and, and uh, we want to make sure the process goes through before we talk about it, but certainly something we can swing, swing around and talk about next month. Generally speaking, though, when we talk about a canine staying with an officer like we were talking earlier with, um, with Kid and, and Tech, in both of those cases, um, we're going to see the the canine retire with the handler that had been in charge of it this whole time. That's correct. Yes. And uh, and and which one was it that needed the the medications again? Was that Tech? That's Tech. That's uh, Lieutenant Nails and and Tech. Uh, Lieutenant Nails came to me and said, "Hey, what can we do here?" Um, I, I I fully accept the responsibility of, "Hey, this is my dog now. I need to take care, take care of it." But you know this. 
serve the community and uh, retiring now and and uh, it's an extra expense that he has to take on and and so i said we need to find a way that we can try and help you out with that and and so that's what we're trying to do these dogs really become a member of the the family not just the the law enforcement family but the the family back home absolutely imagine taking your work your dog to work every day and the close bond that you have um, just at home now you take them to work every day as well Um, the kids the wife all of them they get attached to those animals as well and and it's a really neat thing it really is got time for a call or two before we uh, let the good sheriff go back to uh, uh, enforcing law enforcement in the Dodge County area. Do have a caller on the line. We'll go to the phones and say good afternoon. Welcome to Community Comment. Yeah, thanks for taking my call, Sheriff. It's good to hear you on the radio and definitely informative. You're very well educated in your job. Appreciate hearing that. I had a question for you and the future of your squad cars. We're seeing electric vehicles come out. We're seeing smaller engines built. And with that being said, I've been in automotive and engine repair all my life, and we're seeing smaller vehicles, smaller engines. What is in the future for the sheriff to be able to have high-performance vehicles that can deal with, as we know, chases that have gone on and vehicles that keep the officers safe? Well, that's that's a great question. I don't know if you saw the Super Bowl at all, but that uh, electrical dysfunction or whatever it was, uh, that was my favorite commercial of the entire uh, Super Bowl commercials, all of them. It, um, the, the, the the husband and wife are sitting there and and uh, you know talking about uh, you know I, I really don't like the fact that we start and we stop and we start and we stop and you'll have to watch the commercial and you'll get the undertones behind it. It was hilarious. It was about a Dodge Ram pickup truck. Um, it, but uh, it, it, it really, uh, you know, there, there are concerns with electric vehicles and uh, the costs. What's it cost to replace a battery if one of those goes bad? Um, you know, the, the, do, do, does police equipment fit in them? The range of these vehicles um, in a fleet-type system where those vehicles are running nonstop, well, you got to have time to charge them. When do you do that? Um, we have one-on-one programs. I mean, if I send it home, who's charging the car? Who's paying for that? Um, so there are those costs that go along with it. Um, do I put that on the employee when they take the car home? They got to plug it in and now they have to pay the electrical cost for paying for, for their basically gas to get around the county. There's there's those concerns. Um, so there's a lot of concerns there. Fortunately, right now we are still in an okay position uh, with, uh, with our Ford Explorers that we purchased. That's our typical vehicle. Um, they have hybrid options, which we've heard, um, we've been researching. Um, and and there have been very mixed reviews on these cars so far as far as their their reliability and and the expenses yeah you can save some gas but at the same time there are other expenses they're seeing and they're not the most solid vehicle we're still looking at them um, to seeing if they make them better each year um, right now we're still on the full gas vehicle and and uh, um, they're working well for us and we're not having any issues there but I did just hear that the chargers um, are discontinued uh, as far as the gas after 2023 so I know the Beaver Dam PD runs on those uh, partially, so I don't know what the future is of the charger and, and making those electric. Um, right now, I think we're okay, um, but it's something we're paying attention to and watching. Um, and, uh, you know, there's there's uh, studies going on around the country, PD's trying it out. We're not going to jump in there and be the first ones to do those things. We're going to pay attention to what's going on and make the best decision um, for Dodge County, exploring uh, um, our different options. So it's a good question, and really I don't know the answer to that because there's a lot changing in the automotive field right now, and, and I really don't know where we're going to go in, in, in the next couple of years. You have different uses for cars, though, I'm assuming. The, the needs that you have for a patrol vehicle are different than the needs that you might have for a detective's vehicle, for example. Sure. 
Yep, absolutely. Um, so that is something we can certainly explore and look into. Um, but we still have the same issue with our detectives when they take those vehicles home. Who's going to pay to charge those vehicles? Who's going to put a, a charging station in, in everywhere that we need to have those? Um, can they be charged at the office? You've still got, you know, a detective may need to drive around across the state to get somewhere. Where do they charge before they can come back? Um, you know, there's a lot of different things that we have to look at, and we have to anticipate, expect the unexpected, because we don't want to get put into a situation where we've got a vehicle that's stuck because it's not charged. Um, so it's... In a city setting, it might be a little bit easier to make those adaptations, but when you have a a county the size of Dodge County and we're responsible for doing things outside the county, um, those are things we have to consider before we pull the pin and and, and make any of those uh, changes. So we'll we'll continue to study it and analyze it and see where the automotive industry goes um, and also take a look at what happens. We're we're finally getting to the point where vehicles are being run 100,000, 120,000 miles. How are these batteries holding up, and what does it cost to replace those if they go bad? So we gotta, we've got to have some knowledge there before we can make any decisions on changing. So am I missing a piece of knowledge here? Is there a national conversation going on above and beyond the uh, gas car versus uh, electric car for the general public? Are there is there a lot of talk right now about law enforcement embracing that or something? Well, law enforcement hasn't embraced it yet because they're not feasible for the work that we do yet. Um, so we're exploring it. Um, I think there's conversation about it, not nothing major at this point. Mm. I think there's some hurdles there that the that the major car manufacturers need to overcome before it can really uh, take root and take hold and, and, and be a transition. Um, I, I know there's some that are exploring it, and we'll watch those agencies closely to see how it goes. I, I was just listening to the scanner the other night and uh, listening to all the uh, all the different agencies uh, chasing around the smell of natural gas uh, reports that were coming up from everywhere and. Well, and behold, on Tuesday morning, I, I fully expected there to be some reports of some uh, big natural gas main leak somewhere in Lowell or north of Beaver Dam or east of Beaver Dam, I guess, technically, yeah. and uh, came in and we reached out to you and you said, uh, yeah, no, we, we, don't, we don't have anything. Right, right. Well, what, what was going on there, well, Sheriff? I'm going to quote a, an article. I was reading about this and, and uh, the, the quote is, some say it smells like gas, like a gas leak, while others give their vehicle companion a nasty look. Um, but the true culprit is the radish. <laughs> so I've been waiting the entire show to use this line here. And and uh, radishes, um, I didn't know what it was. I get this text message from Ninja early in the morning. Um, and uh, I'm looking at, at, at the calls for service, and we've got one gas leak or one, one report of the fire department to go out to look. And I'm not seeing any. They, they said we couldn't find anything, and I don't know what it is. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what it is. And then I get a phone call. Um, I hear that you guys were discussing maybe it was uh, a weather-related incident and the release of natural gas from homes, but that wasn't it. I was talking to, to Kale before, and and uh, then I got a phone call from a farmer, and he said, uh, I think the culprit is our radishes, the hmm. ones that we are using for cover crops um, here in Dodge County over the winter time. Yeah. Um, and we had some warm weather, and the warm weather caused these radishes to start to rot. And when they rot, they can smell like gas. Huh. Um, and, and this farmer has several uh, radish cover crops around the area that we were looking at. Huh. Um, and he said he believed that was the culprit. And I uh, concur with that because we had no natural gas leak, no propane leak. Um, Kale told me it, sounded, it felt like he stuck his head in a propane tank, which I yeah. don't know if, if he does that regularly. Probably. And like. sure. um, but uh, it wasn't the culprit. Sounds I, I wouldn't be radishes. I wouldn't be so quick to dismiss because Kale and I had read the same article and it, it kind of talked about 
atmospheric conditions when it goes from cold to hot and, and trapping certain scents in. And I, and that article did reference if there was, a, uh, I think, a burst of natural mm-hmm. gas, it would get. But, I mean, I think the same would still apply if there was a radish smell. It's possible that the meteorological uh, conditions al- aligned in such a way that it, it kept the smell in a certain area or something like that. Either way, I think at the end of the day, we're all kind of speculating, although the radish thing seems to make sense. It does make sense. And and I think a good public investigator like yourself <laughs> might be able to reach out to somebody like Alliant and say, hey, was there anything that you guys saw? Which I'm sure you guys already did and found that there was nothing there. But um, I think it does make the most sense that it was radishes that day. They were foul-ordered radishes. 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 Okay. Are canines trained to, to smell natural gas no 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 well, some might um, okay. bomb dogs probably do but not ours okay no. is that is that is there a benefit to that uh i don't know as you as you bring on new new dogs and I, I, you know I, I don't know that i'm going to train them to uh, detect natural gas because that's what, or propane that's something we can smell pretty good so because they add that smell, natural gas actually doesn't smell like anything until they put that additive in. that's correct that's yeah. correct yes. so radish radishes, radish typically don't smell either until you have that additive of weather Huh. Huh. So you learned a little something new here on Community Comment today. Well, you know, at least we like to make you think you learned something. I don't know if it's actually true or not. Sheriff, really appreciate the time here. Looking forward to the uh, next conversation on the third Wednesday of the month of March. It's always my pleasure to be here. Be safe out there, everybody. And a big appreciation to everybody who chimed in with phone calls today. Always love hearing from you. That is going to do it for today's Community Comment. Central Ag Supply of Juno and Baraboo are hiring dairy hygiene route sales specialists in both locations. CAS is a growing company and a leader in the dairy industry. Position consists of traditional routes, delivery routes, and warehouse functions. Qualifications include excellent customer service and ability to perform standard physical duties. Ability to obtain a CDL is required. Submit your resume to Central Egg Supply, P.O. Box 93, Juneau, Wisconsin, 53039, or apply online at centralagsupply.com. Stock up and save on the toughest filters in the business during Wix Filters Sale Days at your local Auto Value Parts Store. Not only will you get the best deal of the season on our very best filters, but you'll also find deep discounts on oil, fluids, grease, batteries, and more. Upgrade your filters during Wix Filters Sale Days at your local Auto Value Parts Store. See store for official sale dates. Auto Value, we've got the parts, we've got the smarts. Watertown Regional Medical Center provides the residents of Dodge and Jefferson Counties with a higher level of health care using a combination of state-of-the-art facilities and world-class technology. Their services include women's health, heart and vascular, eye care, orthopedics, and sports medicine, and 24-7 heart attack and emergency care. Find out more at watertownregional.com. Watertown Regional Medical Center, making communities healthier, accepting all major insurances, including D. Hi folks, this is Brad Rohde from Napleton and Beaver Dam. We are in the midst of winter, and we are here to make sure your vehicle is ready for those cold winter mornings. We are currently offering rebates totaling up to $55 on maintenance services like battery replacement, wiper blades, air filters, and cabin filters. Make an appointment today and have our certified technicians complete a complimentary inspection along with any services needed. 920-885-1299 or online at NapletonChevyBuickGMC.com. Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. 
Get insurance from a company who knows Wisconsin and cares about your community. You may know Rural Mutual Insurance as the number one farm insurer, but did you know they also offer competitive home and auto rates? Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more about products and discounts. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. I've had the opportunity to be involved in several programs in the Wisconsin Farm Bureau, one of which was the Farm Bureau Institute. It's a great leadership program to help develop leadership skills, whether it's social media skills or the opportunity to speak to legislators and learn different ways and tools you can use to help get your message across. WFBF.com. They've really helped my leadership develop. A voice for farmers. A vision for agriculture. Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Check out the Help Wanted page at DailyDodge.com, presented by Specialty Cheese. Oh, I know that there'll be better days. Oh, that sunshine about to come my way. May we never, ever shed another tear for today. Cause oh, I know that there'll be better days. Waking up in California But these clouds, they won't go away Every day is like another storm, yeah I'm just trying not to go insane And the city shining so bright So many dark nights, so many dark days But anytime I feel the paranoia I close my eyes and I pray Oh, I know that there'll be better Days. But waking up to a new year 